What's up, my miners of intelligence and consciousness? I'm Rick Brooks, and this is Rick's Mind. Today, we have our first guest on the show, Julian Barton, the CEO of Vice Canning. Uh, it's been He's been one of my best friends for years, and I decided to have him on the show to kind of figure out the struggles and the trials and tribulations he went through to start his business. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Julian. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure, and uh, looking forward to see what you do with this. Oh, this podcast is also powered by Bang Energy. All right, that's it. We just had to do a little quick thing for our sponsor, our our solo sponsor here, buddy. But um, what I I mean, dude, good to have you. I'm excited. You nervous? Uh, not too much. I've been kind of thinking about all week and just trying to figure out what I want to tell you. No, what you, <laughs> you got to tell me? And everything. I'm, I'm going to tell you everything. I've, I've I've slept on it many nights, and like you know, I'm just gonna. Tell everything. There you go. It's buddy. not. It wasn't an easy process, and it's still not going to be easy going forward. But I love it, and uh, it's been great. So, what? Let's start from the beginning. Beginning, man. Like, what were you doing before starting Vice Canning? Yeah. So before Vice Canning, uh, I was a financial advisor at a small boutique firm called Stevens Financial Group. Went to school for finance and tried to go down the route of. Being a financial advisor, which is where everybody makes their millions, allegedly. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to do this. Uh, did it for about four and a half years, and every, all the clients we were working with seemed to be small business owners. I'm like, you know, I think long term, I'm going to have to start my own business if I'm going to make something great of myself and my family. And uh, I started doing all these little business plans on the side and uh, kept doing that for a while. Just to come up with an idea. We had some lack time so i would just build up excel spreadsheet build forecasts and kind of tear into different industries to see what had some opportunities and it went on for probably six months and then one day i was really focusing on like just the brewing industry everybody loved would love to have a brewery and have beer for their friends and whatnot so yeah. i was like you know what's it going to take to become a brewery and i knew all the equipment would be expensive so Started down that route, um, and then in college we had a case study on New Belgium brewing switching over to cans, and it was kind of an eye-opening experience for me in college. That was uh, <clears throat> we looked at the looked at it, the craft industry, and all of us millennials at the time were like, "No fucking way that any of us would go down the can aisle." That's where Coors and Bud Light and all the domestic beers are. So we we're like, "No way, no way," and then. The professor kind of gave us like, well, look at all these benefits of a can because well, there's the light transfusion and there's smaller headspace, smaller headspace, lots of little things to that uh, can taint a beer and help for shelf life st uh, stability. Yep. So we kind of looked at that. And at the end of the day, we determined that it was more economical from a shipping and cost of material standpoint, as well as retailers prefer. The stackability of cans versus bottles—you can't really stack them. So it was—it was interesting, and I was like, "Okay, I'll take this—I'll take this into consideration when I buy beer from now on." And so that was in the back of my mind. When I was doing the business plan, mm -hmm. and we're doing the business plan for a brewery. And I was like, "Holy cow, this is going to cost millions of dollars. I'm going to write it off. It's very profitable, but 
but I don't have millions to throw into it at this time. And when I was doing it though, I looked at like what's just a canning line cost because if we're going to be cutting edge craft brewery, have you to want, have cans yeah, because absolutely. that's where the industry's going. It's yeah. going to be the most economical. And that's and always I, the first step to really big things is you start canning. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So you have to have your flagships and a can, not necessarily, but uh, so that's where I was looking. And I was like, holy cow, just the canning side of it is expensive. And so I kind of went down that business. I'm like, what if I just did the service for somebody else? And I knew in the past there's a mobile bottling company for wineries. Mm -hmm. And so I had an idea that this type of thing was possible or has been done before, but just not in canning. So that's where I kind of got my mind sparked. And then I started doing some research and there was a couple companies in the Northwest that were doing it. And I, I stalked both of them. Uh, through <laughs> through their websites and through Google Maps and everything I could find, like yeah. I found their where they lived, where their warehouses was, see if I could find any equipment that was sitting outside. Uh, did you just really kinda, that just, you could just kind of look at and see, and then they girl, maybe take pictures of warfare on them. Yeah, so, yeah, I like it. I want real quick. How about how long did you spend researching that once you just once you honed in on okay, I want to I want to be a mobile canner. How long did you take research? How long did you oh, take research? Oh man, so that that was, so this was just a preemptive, probably every lunch for six months going down and doing this while I was a financial advisor. Wow! And then one day, I had a disagreement with my boss when we were just kind of client called up, asked a question, and I gave my true opinion that I felt was sound advice at the time and. It was kind of a conflict. The cu customer, the client, was a little bit distraught because they would have to. It would cost them money because uh, it was for an attorney. Mm -hmm. And me and my boss kind of went at it for a little while. And I was just so so aggravated. I went to lunch, walked out, we we're both fuming, came back, and I I put in my two weeks. Then it was a terrible way to kind of end my relationship with him. But it was like it was inevitable to an extent because I definitely wasn't content sitting behind a desk. And just punching numbers all day. Yeah. Because it was terrible. I wasn't sleeping very well. Uh, just because the responsibility of managing people's wealth is not, wasn't enjoyable for me. <laughs> it was not enjoyable for me. Yeah, Some people, no. it's great. Uh, just, I couldn't handle it. And then, uh, inevitably, I was wrong in this. I'm going to put this on. I was wrong in this <laughs> you argument. Were wrong? No shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't get to learn about it until later on. I started dealing with attorneys. Uh, yeah. Attorneys are expensive and no one likes dealing with them. Mm. And I feel bad for advising them to do that. But at the time, that was what I knew best and I thought was best. Uh, so I'm Should stubborn. Should I'm stubborn. You are stubborn. And, uh, Very stubborn. I feel bad. And uh, John, I hope you listen to this. I apologize and you were, you were right. Oh, so, man. Uh, <laughs> Next, I haven't said that to anybody. I was going <laughs> to say, dude, I've known you. I knew about this whole incident and this never this never occurred. I, I I never knew that. So you were wrong in this instance, and you quit. I quit uh, being wrong. Hey man, <laughs> so it it was, and I ended up staying for three weeks after, and just tying up our loose ends and unwinding what we built together, and then tried to do it on my own for a while, while I still focused and did research on vice canning. And this is where the research really came in. Okay. This is where. I started researching into like small business lending, the SBA, the federal so, SBA. Real quick, program. so right now in this story, you're you're unemployed. You're, I was uh, 
Pretty much, yeah. I was a contractor for Equity Services, a national life insurance company, and I was just uh, trying to just kind of do that to mm-hmm. supplement some of our income mm-hmm. while I did that because I thought Vice County would be started a lot faster. No. I thought it was going to be really quick and easy. I stayed up a few late nights building a business plan and doing my research on that, and that took probably a solid 40 hours a week for a month just studying and trying to figure out what type of canning line I wanted, what time I was going to build it out, how I would operate it, what type of income I would need, what time many clients I would need, and all that stuff. So sorting all the volume and forecast goals for my company. I'm going through that with the SBA stuff right now, trying to figure out my own shit, and it's it sucks. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, I'll get to that in just a second. No, yeah, yeah. It, that's a, it was a steep, steep journey through the SBA system, and then uh, there was a change. So for people that don't know, what is SBA? A small business association. Okay. Uh, and it's a federal program that allows small businesses that don't have ne- like traditional means or business experience to start out yeah um, there's like a assistance with uh it, it almost works like unemployment that it's kind of like a federal system that they'll kind of like buff you while you're trying to <clears throat> start your own business without having to follow through with any like the normal unemployment um requirements and things like you know applying for jobs searching for jobs that kind of stuff yeah so i guess my biggest thing i was looking for a guarantee because uh we we save me and my wife desiree uh, we've been saving to start something and uh we just we have cash and retirement funds and we didn't own a house at the time so we didn't have anything to help back us on the loan from a guarantee standpoint and so the sba allows you to have a guarantee on your loans and that's something that you pay for as well as you have to meet all the requirements and it helps banks prefer that yeah so that's something we can we'll dive in just a second but um so i went down that got the business model went and canned for a few different clients in the Northwest that had lines that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. So I kind of forced my way into canning where I'd call them up like, hey, look, I'm looking to buy a wild goose line. You have one. I would like to kind of see it, test it out, see how it runs, if it's something that I would want to transport and use. Now, and then- how did that conversation go? Because from like you, they, they have to understand – if you owned a business, you'd you'd understand. You'd quickly gather. This guy's trying to be my competition. So, how did you? How were you able to convince these people to let you in? Uh, it wasn't a competition thing because I didn't ask what the competitors I've been researching and stalking online. Okay. Um, it was more of I knew an acquaintance that went to college with the guy that started the brewery, uh, and then they kind of introduced me, and I was like, "Hey, look." Look, start a business. Like, are you sure you want to do that? It's pretty rough, rough. And I was like, yeah, I want to do it. I want to start a business. It's something I've always wanted to do since a kid. I was a kid, and uh, so I fully committed. Again, I was being stubborn. Like, I'm going to do this. So you were canning at breweries then? Yeah. So okay. I was just going. They had they were breweries for working for free. Yeah, I was working for free. Exactly. That okay. could be could be the industry too, because I used to work for a large local craft brewer, and <clears throat> excuse me, they would. Uh, even direct competitors they would talk to and they were all friends and would work together and help each other out. Like uh, there's uh, one of the bigger breweries from Eugene. They took all of us to like two or three of them brought all of us, the whole 
brewery, canning, everybody down and showed us their entire setup and was like, this is how you guys should do it. And there's not that whole like kind of like bloodthirsty, like, you know, kill your competition kind of thing. It's kind of almost like a brotherhood that it's like, if one succeeds, they all succeed kind of thing. It is. It's very much like that. And everybody's been welcoming in the industry. And as long as you're putting in the time and you're being respectful to everybody and respect the craft and the art of everything, everybody's pretty open. And it's just, it's a great family community to be in. So they were very welcoming. Mm -hmm. So helped a lot and so i did that for a couple different breweries and determined that i didn't want any of those canning lines oh. and then i there's a new line in colorado that i wanted to check out so i flew out to colorado in november it was kind of crazy just i forced all these flights and tried to persuade my wife like look <laughs> we're gonna buy this we have to do a due diligence we yeah have to fly out here and about i mean so a real quick question is for for the people listening it seems this is a big investment. I mean, just ballpark it. What what is what do you have in these things? Like this is a so the reason why you're being so uh, careful and cautious is this is a big investment. It is it's a yes, it is a pretty big investment, especially someone of our age at the time. Like yeah. at the time, I was 27 starting this, <clears throat> and so we were looking about 250 to 300 thousand dollars of investment. Price of a fucking house. Yeah. And we didn't have a house yet, so trying to persuade my <laughs> wife that uh, we, we're going to use some of this money that we've been talking about a house for to start a business and help support me while I'm, I guess, not working as much. Yeah. Um, and I'm not watching that much Game of Thrones, which I was watching a lot of Game of Thrones <laughs> at the time. Um, You're being a house husband. Yeah, I was, I was a house husband for a while. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, it's the best it's a thing pretty sweet happened. gig. Like, yeah, it's great. Uh, Dry cleaning and laundry is not bad, <laughs> um, but uh, it's very soothing. Um, so, yeah, we, we wanted to make sure we checked out all the equipment. I flew out there, a shoestring budget. It was like a one-star hotel, barely had clean sheets, just sat in there. And I was like, I hope we can get this done. And yeah. went there, and the, uh, they had a really slick counter-pressure machine. It was new. Um, we. I loved it. I was like, I want this. How are we going to do this? I'm going to deliver a trailer or a box truck to you. Can you install it for me? And they're like, yes, yes. When are you got? When are you going to have payment, down payment for it? Like, I'm working on that. Yeah. This is the one. I'm going to go to the banks now and find out when I can give you a down payment. So flew home. Wife picked me up. Super excited. We're going to be canning. This is the canning line we're going to have. It's going to be very easy to expand. And like going to the banks this week. Then we started going to the banks. And that was the learning experience of my life. Was cr- it, was, it was crushing. It was very crushing at first. So I researched what we talked about the earlier, the SBA loans and just the standard commercial lending. And all the requirements were just a touch out of my reach from a commercial standpoint. And mm-hmm. that's where the SBA lending came in. I was like, oh, this is going to work. You need 10% down. This is going to be perfect. You just need a little bit of experience. And I was going to spend it. I have my business experience from financial planning, my business degree, and all that. And so I framed it up in a nice little beautiful 27-page business plan. And I went to him like, nope, this isn't the experience we're looking for. I'm like, what do you mean? 
This is supposed to be the startup program for Americans to start businesses, pursue the American dream. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they said no. And this one guy just really kind of tore into me, like, no, this is this is garbage. And I'm like, how is this garbage? He's like, this who cans beer? Didn't even know about canned beer. And so then it was like, well, I just need to educate these people in what I really want, like the need for it. And in the business plan, I did describe it and show them that there was a need, but then it wasn't, they weren't reading it technically. If you really yeah, get no. down to it, they, they just look at the financials. At the yeah. They're just looking at the financials and they made sense, but they're like, these assumptions are too huge. Yeah. And so I had to go down that route and they're like, well, we'll do it if you put 30% down or 40% down. And I was like, this is not, then why would I be using the SBA? I'll just get a commercial loan and we'll be golden. Like, well, we just went round and round. And I went to 11 banks and got pretty much the same answer. So you keep getting turned down. In this moment, like, where are you? Like, I'm, I'm talking like emotionally. Are you are you feeling pretty defeated? Are you, are you, because you, I mean, remember guys, you, I don't have a job. You don't have a job right now. Yeah, you're this you're is pursuing when I was, your dream. Yeah, this is when I was a house husband. Yeah. So this is the whole time at this point. I wasn't doing much business in the equities market or the life insurance. It was just I was answering phone calls and servicing clients just to make sure that my current book of business was maintained and was staying home mm -hmm. and focusing on this. And it was a huge emotional roller coaster because I would call up a banker and or a bank and talk to them like, oh, this is a great idea. We love it. And they're like, we'll see what we're going to do. We're, we're going to make this work. And then it would be an ultimate waiting game. I'd sit there and wait two days, three days, and I would literally just sit there refreshing my email mm -hmm. every five minutes, just oh, waiting, dude. just waiting. And then I'd get a response. And it'd be, we need more information. And I'd be like, okay, I'll get you more information. I'd get it back in like 10 minutes. And they'd be like, all right, well, I'll send this to my my supervisor and he'll get back to you. He's out for the rest of the weekend. And it's like, what? The rest of the week, taking a long weekend. It's like, do you guys ever work? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, this is a small business part of Harvard. Like, you're, tell you're telling me I need to work more and then you guys are working less. And it yeah. was very frustrating. And so I just inevitably it was kind of getting the rush of them saying, "Oh yeah, we can do this. We'll we'd love to have you." And then underwriters come back and like, "No, no, no, Absolutely. no." Too and risky. It got super uh, defeating. And so I started looking at all the other ways of increasing our capital. So just us saving more and trying to put everything we have towards it. And then it was potentially bringing on investors. Yep. And so that's something we were kind of considering and we're like, well, do we really want to give ownership away? It was something we were really, really reluctant to do. And then at that time, it was when Northwest Canning came up for sale. And a good friend of ours at the time uh, sent me a text message like, hey, look at this mobile canning company. You should try and see if you can get something from him. He's just trying to sell his company. So I was like, oh, sweet. He's probably going to just be parting it out. So I assumed he had a kick-ass generator. I could possibly get this generator off him for pennies on the dollar. And he ended up wanting to sell the whole business. And so really considered, did our NDA and our non-disclosure non agreement. agreement yep. <clears throat> and kind of went down that route. I was like, all right, we can make this work. We can make this work. This is going to be even better. He already has a book of business. He already has some employees. And so we retooled my business plan or edited it to incorporate purchasing a, business. purchasing a business and taking on that, which was more money now. 
So yeah. it went it like doubled. <laughs> it went from two hundred fifty to three hundred fifty thousand, up to six hundred and fifty thousand. And we're like, holy cow, this is steep. And we were like, I don't know how we can do this, but it pencils out. So then I try to go back to the banks, like, look now. I'm getting all these experience, but now, now I have a, a timeline wise, real quick, sorry to interrupt you. Where are we at? How long, how long since you quit your job roughly? So that was so I quit my job at in October first, two thousand fifteen. Yep. And then uh this was January twenty first, I think, is when we had yep. an interaction in two thousand sixteen. So it's been three months, almost four, and it was like okay, I need I need to start taking action. So I was really just at the grind, stressing this all out, and so we started down that process, and it just wasn't working. the The banks didn't like some of the financials they saw on the business. They didn't have enough timeline on, on the business, so we had to go back and work with the owner, try and get them to restructure some things so we could take on the acquisition. Yeah. And then from that point on, it was kind of me going back to the bank and saying, how do we make this happen? How do we do this? And we banks said, oh, this is a lot easier because the previous owner is going to stay on for X amount of time. And that's going to help you in the transition, which it has. It has. It. Yeah. Um, but it just made it more palatable to the business lenders, which I thought was insane, personally. It went from the SBA touting that it's to help start up businesses and then all of a sudden it's like oh, actually no it's just kind of preserve businesses yeah and so we went down that route but from a i guess from a safety standpoint where if i'm going to be loaning you money it would make you're trying to buy something and essentially what happened uh, for the listener is you purchased a business but you ended up working for northwest canning for how long uh it was about 18 months about 18 months yeah or actually, no, it was a year. Straight, about a year. About okay. a year. So about a year. You ended up working, learning the business, and and then at the end of it, a loan went through, and you're able to to purchase it from it. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, which is crazy. I'm I'm more of an abstract guy, but it makes sense to me. And and no, it you, does. I, would I, you I, say you're grateful for that? I mean, I mean, at the time, you're pretty pissed about. it. I remember that, but yeah, no, I definitely was <clears throat> discouraged. And like, this is this is bullshit. It's not <laughs> rocket science. Uh, it's easy application to learn and to facilitate. And at the end of the day, it worked out to everybody's advantage. Yeah. Because they strung us along, which was the hard part. Yeah. I kept getting these yes and no's. And I went to another, it was 12 banks. So we're at 23 banks I went to. And they're like, yep. yes, we're going to do it. And this is emotional. Like you have the highest highs that we're going to get funding. And all of a sudden they come back and like, no, we can't do it. Can't do it. So you got, and then I got to hear all the different creative ways of how uh, bankers tell you no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they lack creativity. Yeah. Uh, which is, I guess, is probably best. Just rip the bandaid off. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was very emotionally difficult. And then it wasn't even just me. It wasn't just telling me no. It was also going to the owner of Northwest Canning and telling him, I can't do it. It's They aren't backing me. And these are the reasons why. And I got so many different reasons why, from uh, my financial situation to Northwest Canyon's financial situation to the market situation to 
Un, like no reasons, just like no, we, just we, don't, want, do we don't feel comfortable. Yeah, we, we don't, don't feel comfortable. They don't like the risk. Yeah, I don't and like the risk. I don't the risk like part you. Was what, say they didn't like you. Like eh, I would do this, but fuck you. I'm, I'm uh, no, <laughs> no one told me that because <laughs> they probably would have came back with the same. Like yeah. you're a fucking piece of shit too. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, what are you gonna do with your life? Uh, no, uh, it was that was difficult. So at the end. Like we went through that for a while, and then it came that Northwest County needed a, a driver. They gave him a situation where they needed to let a driver go because of employment issues. And I said, okay, I'll do it. This is going to be a great opportunity for me to learn the business and take on some of the operations experience and responsibilities and do it. And get go meet the clients and actually help facilitate the transition, mm-hmm. which inevitably was the best thing for all of us. Yeah, <clears throat> And so that's that was... August of 2016, and then we tore at it. We went hard. So, but I want, but I want to get into now. So, in the, at this point in the story, we you've you've made a commitment to the owner of Northwest Canning mm-hmm. that you're going to buy the business. You're now an employee. You're working for him and learning the business. You're kind of being an undercover boss. Because how many employees did Northwest Canning have at the time? There was three employees. Three employees. So out of three employees, no one knows. They just think you're Julian. You're some new guy, the new driver. New driver right? and operations manager. Okay. Yeah. And so what is what are some of the – you needed to, you had to go and study and get your CDL. Yeah. Correct? So, yeah, during this whole time, with- yeah, I knew I needed to get my CDL. So I had to go study up on commercial driving. Uh, and that was, that was a very fun experience as well. Uh, drive a big rig never yep. thought i'd have to exactly. do that but so you you essentially uh another thing we want to need to get into for the listeners is you are going to you're going to be driving like a, a full-size pickup truck like an f-350 dually and yep. how how long is the trailer trailer's 33 feet long so think so. of like a toy hauler everyone you know those fucking toilers trailers that you see driving down the road with a ramp on it something mm-hmm. like that no windows no nothing or a horse trailer for i don't know for those that don't know what a toy hauler is just driving down the roads about how much weight does the trailer uh, have the combination is 31,000 31,000 pounds so it's it's heavy it's above average significantly yeah. above average yeah, 20, you say 28 feet it's 20 there's 33 feet 33 long. feet long so okay. all together it's 50 feet 55 feet long so it's it's interesting with the feet? with the truck and okay. the trailer okay 55 what, feet what was your weight you said uh 31,000 <clears> okay yeah that's pretty big <laughs> um and then yeah eight yeah. yeah. So it was, it was heavy. Commercial it's, vehicle. it's a commercial vehicle. And so I knew I was going to have to get a commercial driver list when I was doing my research originally yeah. because of just the weight of a trailer. Anything over 10,000 pounds, you have to start getting a CDL. So I knew it was inevitable. It just forced me into doing it. And it was it was just a fun experience in itself. Yeah. And how many miles? So now let's – so keep in mind, you're newly married. Yes, yeah, so and and you you, you decide a I'm a driver. One year anniversary, now. and now I'm a trucker. You're essentially and, a, tra- uh, yeah, a, tra- a driver. You 14 hours. You're going to be driving at certain certain. For those that don't know the laws, I think 14 hours on, 10 hours off. You have to do a reset. Yeah, well, Rick, you're definitely more familiar with the laws, and I'm going to say that allegedly I, you I, didn't break I, any of them. Allegedly, I did, I've never break go. any of them. There we go. Um, but I've put in many hours. So <laughs> uh, we. We did that. It was great. So I started started trucking, and we covered 
a regular schedule of going to Spokane, Washington. We go up to uh, Ellensburg, go to Walla Walla from Portland. We go up to um, Olympia. So we had a big circuit. And we started off, team was great, kind of got to know everybody. Probably the best thing they've ever done. Um, And started working as well as still trying to hit up these banks and try to make sure that they saw what I was doing and getting my check all the checks in the checking all the boxes off yep. that they were requiring me to jump through. And one of them was bringing on capital. So then we had to bring on investors. It was something we strongly were we were very reluctant to do because we wanted to have 100% ownership, just something that we want. But we brought on a group of investors that were very open to that and we have great agreements going forward for them being silent partners and supporting us for the long haul as well as uh, great exit strategies for everyone. So we can get our ownership back and everybody will be happy as a clam. So that part's been great. We brought on some money. That was a challenge altogether. We had to go get attorney, get all the stock issuance documents up and finding all these people and finding the right people. It was a whole nother job in itself. Yeah. Uh, and then sharing our story with them and persuading them. So it was even more like a banker. They they have emotions behind their, their yeah. money and they can't risk the loss as much as, say, a bank can risk a loss. Exactly. So it was, it's been interesting and it's been fun to bring on investors. Right now we're very happy with it. We got the job done. Yeah. Got the objective done. Chugging along now. So started traveling and started putting in some hours and the hours added up really fast, really fast. Uh, and my wife, Desiree missed me a lot. How, Gosh. how, how, how long were you gone? Like, like, so the, the, there was a couple times I was gone two weeks at a time. Yeah. Cause as I didn't your, come home as your buddy, I yeah. never got to fucking see you all of a sudden. I think I give you a call. Like, hey man, I'm driving to Walla Walla. I'm going to be here for a few days. And then a few days would turn into like five days and things were going wrong and yeah. issues with the equipment. And it just like, uh, I mean, which kind of leads me when things, I mean, this, I probably should ask you this. When things aren't going your way and you feel overwhelmed, like what, what was, what were, what were some of your coping strategies during when you get getting t- turned down for the 20th time now finding out you're going to have to be away from your friends and your wife for for five days at a time. I mean, what are your, what are you doing? Did you? So the, the turn, so I'll answer it in segments. So getting turned down was very defeating, but at the same time, because I'm so stubborn, it was like, no, I'm still going to do this. Like fuck you. Yeah. It was like, this is a plan. This is the execution. And I always think back to all the other business magnets and how they got through this. They, they all have similar stories. Like, yeah. Um, Phil Knight, I just watched Red, watch Red Shoe Dogs yeah. during this house husband days. <laughs> and uh, it was like, oh, he went to just as many banks or more. And he was just trying to get operating line of credit. And so it was, he was knocking on the doors, getting denied, and he had to find alternative means of getting it. And it worked out. So I had that in the back of my mind. Like, I just need to keep going. And How much doubt did you have, though? That's what, because if you're, I mean, at the end of the day, you're you had to, like ten percent, honestly. I had faith in yourself, though, because yeah. you're like everyone else is wrong. 
I am right. I'm going to do that. And for a lot of people listening, I mean, may, hopefully not, but for a lot of people, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. You're well, alone I, on an island, man. I, I am and was. And th- you have to just keep going. You have, you have to fully believe in yourself to do it and know that you can do it to get it done. Yeah. Because you're the only person that can get it done. You are. And sometimes it was defeating that there was some things out of my control where the bank said, no, I can't do it because of economic conditions in the market. Like, I can't control that. There's nothing. That's that's a pure opinion. Yeah. Uh, So I had to get over it and take it with a grain of salt and have to have thick skin. So, yeah, yeah, that was that. The hardest part was saying no, like, bye to everybody. That was leaving for two weeks on. I had to... I had to tell myself it was temporary and that was a hard thing to just overcome and kind of make myself make it temporary because as soon as it started becoming a hundred hours a week of traveling and helping operate, it was, it was challenging. And like the first time the bank's like, well, how many hours are you working now? And I really didn't want to do the math because I knew I was gone all the time. Yeah. And I'm kind of skeptical of even saying and holding some things as work, right? Because yeah. everybody has to commute to work, but my commute is four hours or eight hours yeah. away. That's not necessarily just a commute. <laughs> no. Uh, and it, it kind of it puts me out of things I could do in the truck while I was driving. Like I couldn't type up emails and be soliciting to all these additional banks, which I was making phone calls when I could, yeah. and it was all secretive, so I couldn't have the employees in the truck when I was making these conversations. Yeah, I, yeah. Or you've got to remember, he's an undercover boss. Yeah, I was yeah. undercover boss. They didn't know I was taking over, and it was part of the agreement, which is fine, because it still could have fallen through. Yep. There was a couple times it almost fell through. Yeah. So it was very challenging, and I just had to say it was temporary. It was a temporary thing. We're going to go through, get it done. But uh, over this 18 months and, and almost yeah, 18 months of canning full time, we put 160,000 miles on a pickup truck. Yep. And we've canned almost 16,000 cans or 16 million cans. 16, I, uh, 16 million, million cans. <laughs> so we've got a bunch of shit done. Yeah, we have yeah. helped a lot of people out, and we've we've had to drive. Through the night multiple times. Yep. Uh, this is where allegedly after a break, after a break, after yep. a ten yeah. hour break, after a ten, ten hour, hour break, reset, <laughs> ten hour reset. Ain't no we would, we would leave uh, <laughs> leave one facility at one a.m. and we'd drive across the state to start canning at eight a.m. across the way. And I would I'd have to call the owner of Northwest Canyon and tell him, "Look, I'm going to be a little late." And he's like, "What the fuck? Why are you going to be late?" I'm like, "Cause I need fucking diesel. <laughs> I need diesel. Everybody's fucking asleep, and I'm the only person that can drive this thing." Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it it was nuts. Uh, like driving through passes, it was frustrating. Yep. You had um, you've had you had a truck breakdown. You've had multiple equipment failures. Yeah. You've had to address. Uh, so I mean, and we we won't necessarily get into all that, but I mean the the. The main thing I want everyone listening to to gather from this is you got told no 23 times. You had to make incredibly personal sacrifices to see your vision come true. And through all of that, you persevered and you, you didn't waver. And I think that's a very powerful story and one that 
knowing someone personally that has made these sacrifices, I, I can't I count myself lucky, but I want I want to share your story with with everyone else and then kind of get just let it be known what it takes to make a dream come true. That it's yeah. not it's yeah, not yeah, fucking yeah, so easy, man. That's true, because we're kind of I'm we're I'm kind of leaving out all the, the business side of things that happened during it too. Like uh, yeah, it was very difficult. It took a lot of sweat equity just to even get this off this project off the ground, yeah. the acquisition. And during that time, we're still running. Me and the other owner were still trying to run a business. Yep. Uh, and build a business. And the equipment broke down, and we had to make huge, deter- like huge strategy changes and buy new equipment from inline carbonation to the new truck. And how are we going to purchase this for our partnership to continue yeah. forward? It was difficult. And then when it all came through, it was probably the best feeling ever. Oh, yeah. When the bank finally said, yes, this is going to happen. This is the date. I think we were all pretty ecstatic. It's like, when can we tell the employees? When can I <laughs> take my hat off and mm-hmm. we can start talking to them, to customers or clients? And that was really exciting. That's where one of the highest highs. But at the same time, it was like, holy cow, it's getting real. This is, I've been focusing on this hard part of the business. But it's like, no, this isn't actually the hardest part of the business. Getting the financing was very, very hard mm-hmm. for my economic situation. But there's a whole next layer of now taking full responsibility of every action of all the employees, managing the employees further with the true manager hat on yeah, and coordinating clients and work-life balance. So that was, that was a whole nother project that I was like, Oh, I can't get too excited because now it's really getting real. Yeah. It's, it's how, how shit got when real. that day, when did you close? What day? It was August 11th, 2018. So when you closed, how, I mean, was there a pretty big rush of fear? Like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I'm the guy. Yeah. Like, that yeah, it's all on me now. I can't really imagine that. I've never been in that situation. To- it's a different thing because now I'm feeding three families. At the, at the beginning, it was four families, excluding yeah. my own. Yeah, and it was like, whoa, this is yeah. intense. <laughs> this is this is real. <laughs> yeah. So everything has to go right. So then it's like I have all this responsibility to make sure everything is happening on time and operating correctly, and that's that's a whole another thing that keeps me up now. Yeah. Uh, but. I, yeah, and then when I quit the job, the financial advisor thought I'd get more sleep. I got more sleep as a house husband, but I get significantly more less, like significantly less sleep now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a different type of it's less sleep. Day. Like I get sound sleep when I am sleeping. It's mm-hmm. not restless, but it's debatable. Well, but well, <laughs> one of the things I do want to uh, kind of talk about, which never, no, you're good, buddy. Um, I remember having a conversation when you were house husband and I was going through like broker training um, with my company now and we were in the library studying. I don't, do you think you were studying for your CDL or maybe was just CDL researching? And I, was, I was doing more research and uh, building, perfecting the business yeah. plan. Just, I just kept tinkering with the business plan, seeing if I could change little things that maybe the, I could get a yes. We were at the library and I think we were – after we were done, we we're going to go grab a beer. And I remember looking at you and be like, hey, man, like you got to cherish this moment. You're kind of down because you got to cherish this moment of not having that much responsibility because at one point that will change. Everyone, I feel like 
and this is a little side tangent, um, but everyone gets so focused on where they want to go that they don't necessarily appreciate where they are in that moment. Like, oh man, I don't, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a level of uncertainty that you're probably never going to have again, of uh, just a level of freedom that you're probably never going to have again. Cause after what vice canning is going, what's the next thing? You know, that's the type of person you are, but at this point in your life, you were just kind of chilling. You were, yeah, you're, no, you're you, never you going to have you, that again. This is one of the reasons you're one of my best friends, man. Uh, you did ground me in that situation. We're like, yeah, you don't have much responsibility. You just relax and you have your sugar mama taking care of you <laughs> through this. And uh, it's going to work out. And you, you're right. It, it was one of the best times of like responsibility. Yeah. Man, it was better than college. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, that transition, though, I'll never. As soon as you started working, you were gone. Just. Just it was it, it, yeah. something it was, switched. It was very hard because we, my wife and I, saw each other every single day, and I was home all the time, making every everything done around the house. And then I went from hero to zero, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was it was tough, and it, it was a change. And like yeah, you but you're lucky. Responsibility. You're lucky. You've got that ride or die with you. Yeah, she's yeah. gonna be there no well, matter what. Well, she's not quite a ride or die. <laughs> She asked a lot of questions along the way, <laughs> but she, she's, she's the best. So, uh, thanks Desiree. She's uh, in the studio chilling, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh, yeah, man, I, that was, what a crazy time in your life. And it uh, was, so I guess now it goes back to where we're going. Like we still have big plans and eventually we'd like to retire. <laughs> so that's what keeps us. That's what keeps us uh, working this hard, I think. It is still a short-term project in yeah. regards of a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to retire anytime soon. No. But uh, we look forward to going back to being a house husband. That's the goal, to get back, just, to, get back to a house husband. But uh, no, it's been it's been great. And we, we brought – when I came on, we had an additional driver. We've had to re-strategize how we've had – employees working yep. so that we aren't all working 100 hours a week yeah uh we brought that all back because there was more than just me working 100 hours a week during that time and it wasn't fair to anybody yeah and so it's been something i've been working on is bringing that back in and making sure that it was, it's an inducive environment to, that seems like something the whole craft brewing industry struggles with is yeah managing not necessarily managing employees but managing how employees use their time at work because it's really kind of a could be a, an around the clock thing you yeah know? yeah it, it really is there's always things that need to be done and sometimes i just have to choose my battles of what what things need to be maintenance or what things are priority right away and what things aren't so that everybody can have time off and structuring my time now because i am operating driving and running a business from office work yeah. office work is a whole nother layer of things that you take for granted in the yeah. planning process, like it takes a lot of time to file your taxes and do your bookkeeping and do payroll and then stay on top of your accounts receivable and accounts payable. It's a whole nother game. And then you're prospecting. Yeah. So it, it's taking up a lot of my time. And I think sometimes I think the team doesn't realize what I'm doing behind the scenes. Yeah. They just see me coming in, we operate, and then I take off sometimes. And they're yeah. like, oh, this guy's just going home and house husbanding. It's yeah, like, no way. No, no. no way. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting at home doing some weird things for a long time, 
from weird things being accounting work that I don't necessarily want to do, yeah, but have to do. And I know a guy who's an accountant that's pretty. I good. Did, I've been trying to tell. The yeah, I know accountants, but out. see, I have a philosophy. <laughs> I want to be able to 100 know what's going on in the business before I start delegating it. That's, that's a very smart. that's, that's very, good. To so, Tim Ferriss saying you need to make sure you're proficient in the, the tasks that you don't want to do before you delegate. Yeah, I I, I find that clever. I got another question for you. Yeah. In the past two years, what 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 do you think is a behavior that most improved your life? behavior that most improved my yeah. life past 18 months what 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 do you think is the behavior i need to think about it for a minute yeah i need to th think about that one because uh one of them is just being more organized I've, I've had to force myself to be more organized than i have ever been yeah i'm not the most organized person in the world but it just helps me stay on top of things so yeah. i have a process so that would be my biggest thing that i've got out of this as well as needing less sleep Leading definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely sleeping is a huge waste of time. Uh, no, I used to be on the, the thing. I like, need eight hours. I still think everybody needs eight hours for health purposes, but uh, I've learned that you just need to get increments of two hours of sleep at a time. Yeah. So four, six hours, it's easy to wake up from and get going. Yeah. Don't don't sleep an extra half an hour, an hour after. The just, odds, the odds, fuck you. Really? <laughs> yeah, straight up. Like you have to get four, six, or eight. Four, get... six. That's it. <laughs> that's 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 the circadian rhythm. Circadian that's rhythm that's true. Yeah. yeah, I can't. If I get more than six hours sleep, I'm just my day's ruined. What? Like, I, I, yeah. I if I I got if I it's like it's like you said it's six on the dot. If it's if it's more than like fifteen minutes more than that you've gone past that like that, that cycle. natural cycle where then you're starting another one where you're going back down. Actually, and I need you to Google this. Yeah. I'll yeah, just it's, say placebo. It, there's a hard science behind it. Or so, maybe soft science. But it could be soft. We'll get there's it. a, there's a theory the behind house. it that seems pretty practical. And it, it, I've seen it in application. So another, I mean, we're, we're kind of wrapping up here. But if, if you could give any, any, any of our listeners one piece of advice, what would that be and why? Hate to put you on the spot. Find something you're passionate about. Focus on that. Be an expert. And don't give up. I love it. All sounds like, cliche, folks. But guess what? There's some fucking truth to it. I'm looking right across. It is cliche as fuck. But I'm looking looking at you right now. And you followed that advice and look where you are now. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, the, you have to follow through. Don't give up. And be stubborn. Be mm, stubborn. Be stubborn. That's good. And la this is the most important question. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in Bigfoot? No. You son of a bitch. No. <laughs> really? I believe that there may you. have been a there was large Giganticus, yeah. Giganticus Epithecus. Okay. Yeah, uh, okay. Giganthropithecus. <laughs> but uh, you don't try. believe that there's a mythical creature lurking around the forests? This is where you lead up is a mythical creature. Uh, well, sure. I mean, like you gotta change your verbiage. Just like me saying it's this. a dra like, yeah, sure, dragons. Yeah, I believe in dragons. I've just all no. imagined. Think about this. There are people that are getting paid to find this thing. People waste money on stupid oh, shit all the time. It's oh, 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 <laughs> so practical. As I, you know, that's great. But I uh, asked, is it um, Dr. Uh, Dr. Thomas Sowell, whatever, the non the nuclear proliferation? Thomas Graham. Thomas Graham. Thomas, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Uh, Thomas Graham. <laughs> I asked him, did I ask him if he believed in aliens? Yes. Yeah, and he was he, immediately like, he's just like, no, he went, no. He, he was he like, yep. into, He went, he's like, uh, Yes yeah, that's a no. different. That's a different. Well, no, thing. He, goes, he goes yes and no, and I was like, why? And this, I remember, not his whole life has been predicated on the non-proliferation of nuclear weapons. He goes, I believe that if there was a species that was intelligent, 
that we're, we're intelligent enough to exist in another part of the universe. He goes, I think that by the time they would have been able to communicate to us or get to us, they would have destroyed themselves. And I was like, oh, fuck, man. You think that we're just going to nuke each what, other? He's like, the- he looked me in the eye and goes, probably. That's a th- that's an Dude, actual I was theory. So yeah, that's, terrified at that's, that moment. That's an actual theory. I can't remember the name of it, I, but it's that there I have been ex- like an infinitesimal amount of civilizations all yeah, over the universe, just, and by the time that they get to the point where you can contact another or communicate, they destroy they've destroyed themselves. themselves by then. I, I know. Yeah, that's dark. It's it's realistic. Realistic. Yeah, I'm kind of my mind's kind of blown, and I completely agree. Man, mm-hmm. oh, me too. It's dark, yeah. dude. It's real dark. This, I mean, this guy spent his whole life writing legislation to get rid of nuclear weapons, and he thinks. That it's all for nothing, and that that's was, recorded. For that them. was so a really online, that was a really know. cool experience meeting him. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah, Stark. <laughs> I love the guy though. He's cool. He was <laughs> he was cute. Yeah. Oh, so you don't believe in Bigfoot? That's uh, I guess that's a demerit. And you're wow. going to just write that down. It's fine. Everybody needs something to believe in. <laughs> Hey, he put in the hours driving through the Northwest. If you, that's, that's that's my argument. You guys, <laughs> yeah. like, if they were around, there you has like we them. have satellite imagery. Like we could, we would see them. They would You're be out, right? Just walking around, and the, you'd have vivid things. Hunters would have killed them. Maybe like, they just maybe they're intelligent. The only thing I would mm-hmm. counter to that, but they would they would fuck with us if they were yeah. intelligent. They would fuck with throwing, us. Throwing rocks at yeah. us. Who knows? It's all. I mean, what, how can you explain the like the ape like screaming in the woods? Uh, I've never heard that. Have you, have you? No. There's Google that because that's that's one of those things that people use to to try to find Bigfoots or explain it. Is that so? Like high primates have a like yell or scream or like gorillas yell and things like that. That there are it's human like, but it's not in the same vocal, the vocal range. Like, like okay. yeah. Have you guys that, ever heard cats having sex? Like I'm sure it's, like, <laughs> it's probably just cougars having sex somewhere. It could be. There's a, there's a lot. There's Bigfoot's probably. I want to believe. I'm gonna continue. And like, what about the adolescents? Like, yeah, what about the right? kids? You think you there'd be like kids, a rebellious Bigfoot? Yeah, they're like, intelligent. The kids are gonna have curiosities. They're gonna venture out. I'm and, like, gonna move all to the Like, holy cow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the hell? They're walking all over the place. No, there's no, there's no Bigfoot. I always pictured it as just, uh, fun. just one. Just there's the one. A, there's only been one. There's only ever been one. It's just oh, out there okay. in its own recluse lifestyle, staying away from us. That's how I always imagine it, not like a species. Ooh. Like the last one. There, the last no, there was ju- there was just one. Do you think it it's is. died? You find there were two? Just, it's just well, there, I mean, what's that wet max with this? What's there's a whale. Uh, I want to say it's a uh, it's a blue whale or a humpback whale that its frequency is so low that he can't communicate with any. I think other it's community. a blue whale. Is it a blue mm, whale? So, it's yeah. A, yeah, how fucking shitty of a life would that be? You're the only That's one brutal. in your species that no one can understand and you're just out it's like there that poor his... white rhino just like living like living his last day i think he just died like oh, the shit. last male white rhino and he <laughs> has like he'd been hit by poachers so he like didn't have a horn and he just like they had uh whatever country he was in like kenya or something the the kenyan uh, yeah their government had like a squad of special forces soldiers that were around the clock <laughs> Like would be near him to protect him because he's he was the last pope. last living the one. Pope. <laughs> yeah. The papal yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, what do we got, Matt? Is really bring whale? us down Finn at the whale? end here, right? <laughs> no, it's like a just type in like a blue whale, low frequency. I don't know something like that. This is your first Google googling task of Rick's mind. Yeah, the fin whale is the lowest one. Twenty hertz. Twenty is it? Ooh, well, it's that's it, low. 
I don't even. I, well, yeah, what does that mean? Twenty hertz is the 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 average floor of the human hearing range. Like you can you can barely hear it. It's more <clears throat> of you can feel it. Oh, weird. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Most like technically, it's 20, 20, 20 hertz to twenty thousand hertz is the hearing range, and you can have plus or minus based on just individual ability. Um, but yeah, like 20 Hertz, that's like the lowest of the low sub bass range that you're, you're not really hearing it. You're like, you're actually feeling the vibrations and you don't hmm. really, really start hearing stuff until close to like 30, 35 Hertz. And even then it's like super low. Yeah. I probably could run 35 Hertz now, mm-hmm. but my, ears, I have lost my, hearing. Dude, my hearing's so yeah. fucked. Yeah. You're hearing Mine those bad. It, yeah. I think. I'll be the first to admit I'm going to have hearing aids and I'm going to be the ballerest hearing aids. I think I'm, I'm definitely going to have. I've accepted that too. I, just listening to music, I only listen to music full tilt, like in, with my headphones. There's there's no other way to experience music and I don't give a shit. Like, I fear with the advances in technology, I'll be fine. Definitely going to have hearing aids too. And not using ear protection when shooting, uh, like shotgun, like documentary oh or whatever. Like, there's no way. Yeah, it is what it is. The sound Everybody wears those ear pods right these days. So AirPods. it's AirPods. I sound like a grandpa. Wow. AirPods. Kids these days. Kids these days are wearing these ear pods. But anyway, uh, like hearing aids, they're not even going to notice people wearing hearing aids. Exactly. That's, That's kind of my point. Like we're already <clears throat> adopting the hearing aids. I think so. I think the ear, AirPods are the dumbest fucking slash coolest things I've ever seen. I, <laughs> they're, I they're, there's nothing, so cool, dumb, about, there's nothing cool about them. There's nothing cool about them. They so sound cool, like garbage. Oh, I I just think the style. I, agree, I don't know. John. I love all the memes behind it. The memes are good. That's yeah. about the only thing. I don't speak. Broke Apple can't make speakers. Have, I think it's fucking hilarious. Apple can't make speakers to save their lives. I, mean, I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. I'm just saying they look cool. They Those look are terrible. Beats are terrible. Like I agree with all everything you're saying, but I just don't understand how these these fucking things sticking out of your can look so dumb yet be so cool at the same time. I don't know. What There's do you a think? major I think disconnect they came, there. They became cool so overnight because they were Maybe introduced a couple years ago. And no one adopted and them. No one adopted. And then all of a sudden, oh, this last couple months, and maybe it was the Christmas season. Yes, everybody that's true. They're like see them. They're like they're like beats. They're just a status symbol. There's nothing good about them. They just what look. It is, and I they think sort of look cool. They like, do, and that's, that's arguable. That's the weird thing, though. They sort of look cool. That's maybe what's trippy. Like why Steve they Jobs don't need to fucking on. hang down. <laughs> I don't need to hang down. Passion. I'm getting passionate about. I just. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like maybe because like I'm from the '90s, like techno era. Like over the ear headphones were always like everything for me. You know, I want to be the dude walking down the street with cans, like, you know, living yeah, his It's life all about life. intentions, because, yeah. you know, like, the people who are rocking the big over-ears, they're, like, serious about they're what they're listening to. Yeah. Yeah. The AirPods, I'm not going to call them AirPods, the EarPods, <laughs> <laughs> those are just, like, I'm I'm trying to be cool, checking me out, but they don't care about what's actually getting pumped in there. That's just my prejudice, though. Good point, yeah. <laughs> and the thing about uh, the little wireless EarPods... Is why do we have to have like why are they so douchey? Like <laughs> why can't they be so small? Because we're talking about That's hearing aids. Like hearing aids could be so tiny and so uh, unseen. Why aren't yeah. in ear monitors just cheap yeah, enough? Exactly. Everybody can do like, those. They, they I, can, I, Apple I, has the money to make this technology come I, out. Why? I know it's the little they, sticks they for the battery, you, they but they could them. do something else. I know they want, they want you to see it. it. But that, that's but what I'm the saying. best part would be 
They're so cool you can't see them. Mm. Yeah, but then it's it doesn't become a, a status like that, thing. That's it's like the, that that's episode of The Office. That's all going for is a status thing. The unnecessary. They can make like, him vivid green or something. I don't know. Do you ever uh, I think they, feel they weird about it. having a conversation on like a Bluetooth headset or whatever? Mm-hmm. If like earpods or oh. just my like my Bluetooth headphones and I'm just having a conversation and someone's looking at me. It's like. What is going on? Yeah, and then I, oh, I always like, feel weird oh, point at my phone or whatever. I'm on the phone. Oh, I think it's totally. I mean, you could technically be crazy as shit now. No one would know. You're yeah. talking to yourself. Like, oh no, man! Just walking out. People would be. Oh, he's just oh, on the I, phone. I, I have 100%. conversations with people all the time with just headphones in that have a microphone in line and walking down the road, walking my dog, that. and I just I, I get weird looks. And I feel strange. To speak my mind more often. Just put yeah. one in and mm-hmm. just tell them like, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't to you. Yeah, it sounded <laughs> like it was, but it was actually the person on the phone. The person on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man, you go fuck yourself. Yeah, fuck you Excuse in me, particular. Not you. Right not you. Not you. Rick, I have to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dialed in. That's yeah. genius. Well, I mean, what well, it's probably we've been an hour where we at. So we're gonna wrap this show up. I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me. It's and been a pleasure. To the listeners, thanks for listening, guys, and I hope that you learned something from this story. Don't give up. My dude got told no 23 times, and he's still here. So fucking grow some thick skin, guys. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Love you guys. I'm out. And if you guys ever need canning, uh, please oh, shit, advice it, canning. Dude, let's plug it. Get, get a plug. Get website. Where can people <laughs> yeah, find you? Yeah, see me at me. Give me a call anytime. All my contact information is on the website. Um, appreciate everybody that's helped me get here. So thank you. Need anything canned? We'll can your vice. Oh, there it is. Anything? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, it depends. It depends. <laughs> yeah, man. I got it. It depends on what you have going on. I've had people want to can gravy, and uh, I contemplate. It depends on the quantities. Get canned <laughs> gravy. Just for practical jokes, okay. we can seem anything. <laughs> oh, that. Uh, there we go. I'm still learning on this show. Yeah, I gotta give my guests a chance to plug. All right. Anyone else need to plug anything else? Buy my mixtape, fam. We're uh, chilling. Mixed. Where can they find that? I dude? mean, I have a new EP coming out in like three. And Rick, weeks, where can we find so. you? Well, we're we're gonna. You That's can find me progress. anywhere. You can find Rick podcast. at tbd.com. TBD. Now we're we'll be on uh, Apple. The fucking the Apple store, Apple Spotify Apple everywhere. Spotify, anywhere you can find podcasts. And where can you find the big? You can find them at Costco. You can find them at any convenience store around. Yep. I didn't. What would you just say? Where can you find Bang Energy? Oh, bang, oh, you can find Bang Energy any any convenience store. My house. I'll give you the drop the uh, address there. Um, but anyways, we'll wrap, we're gonna side, definitely sidebar that. Bar <laughs> yeah, of it. yeah. But uh, anyways, love you guys. Peace.